he was very clear, do not buy me the Cadillac of caskets, which I can tell you if he had not told me that, there is no way I would have jipped out on dad in that moment, knowing that he likes black and gold and things like that. Like I would have spent the money. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Friends, that was business expert Carol Roth. She is author of the bestseller, The Entrepreneur Equation. You may have also caught her as a judge on the reality TV show, America's Greatest Makers on TBS. And she's also seen a lot on TV, CNBC, Fox Business. You probably caught her. Her latest venture is called Future File. It's an idea that grew out of her own personal experiences with losing loved ones. Before we get to Carol's interview, a quick welcome to everyone. As our regulars know, we try to keep the shows short to match your busy life. But if you're traveling, commuting, and have more time, feel free to binge. You can learn more about Financial Grown Up at bobbyravel.com forward slash Financial Grown Up Podcast, where you can also sign up for our newsletter. All right, let's get to Carol because this interview was a real wake up call for me on a lot of things that I just don't want to deal with. But Carol is a force to be reckoned with. Here is Carol Roth. Hey, Carol Roth. You're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Bobby, it is so great to be here and to be all grown-up with you. Oh, thank you. It is a process for all of us, let me tell you. (laughs) Many people already know you, but for those who don't, you are a big personality on TV. You are an author of the best-selling book, The Entrepreneur Equation. And you also have a business which... It's a really important business, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more in depth later in the show, but it also ties in to your money story because it's your money story led to it. Tell us your money story, Carol Roth. This started when I was a senior in college. So I'm mourning the loss of somebody I had been in a relationship for a year and a half. I go off, I start my career, and my mom was diagnosed with leukemia. And a year after that, she passed the day after her 51st birthday. So then I'm mourning the loss, these two losses. And then my stepmother, a few years later, is diagnosed with lung cancer. And she passes away at age 55. So at this point in time, my father, who, despite not having a formal education, was very financially savvy. My dad was a union electrician. Okay. It was amazing. He couldn't spell banana. He spelled it banana, but he was the type of guy. He opened up a credit card for me somewhere around age 10 to establish my credit. Wait, you got a credit card at age 10? (laughs) And they, first of all, they let you have that? They did. Back in the day with the co-signer, as long as he co-signed on it, they didn't care, right? And after we endure all these losses, he says, you know, if something were to happen to me, and and you and your sister have been through this now multiple times, something were to happen to me, you guys wouldn't necessarily be prepared. So I'm going to help you prepare. 
dad kept giving us pieces of paper and the pieces of paper were, you know, I don't want you to spend this much money on a casket. I just want this. And I don't want uh, you to have two services. I just want a graveside service. And here's my insurance policy for this. And here's my wishes on this. And every time he'd give us a piece of paper, he'd say, stick it in the file. So we had this running joke that we had this death file and we go, okay, dad, whatever. And and we just continually collected information. And as I said, my dad, you know, he wasn't formerly educated. So lo and behold, five years ago in May, my sister calls me on the phone and is like, Carol, you know, that file that dad has grab it and meet me at the hospital. He has been in a freak accident. Oh, wow. And And this is just a paper file. This is not in any kind of cloud storage on the computer, nothing. No, this is a a literally a hard copy filing folder, accordion file folder with backs of envelopes, paper plates, envelopes, policies, wishes, like this kind of amalgamation of information. Oh, and also keys. We had keys, keys to his car, keys to um, security. So he made copies of the keys for everything. Yes, everything. Copies of everything. So hard copies. So I literally physically grabbed this file, Bobby, and I run to the hospital and he had been in this horrible accident and had, he was completely out of it. Um, bleeding on the brain. And they said, you know, do you want us to operate? And, you know, we went through, said, okay, what what does dad say about this? Okay, dad says that he, yes, he wants you to operate. So they they went ahead and operated. And when they, he came out, he just never recovered. He was just basically brain dead and being kept alive by machines. And so we pull out the piece of paper, um, you know, including the power of attorney that said that we have the authorization to make these decisions. And then we pull out the wishes that dad had. And um, dad had said, if we've gone through a relevant number of tests and we've gotten a few opinions and, and everybody's come to the same conclusion that, you know, the machines are keeping him alive to pull the plug. We followed dad's instructions and uh, obviously did not make it. And then we had to go through laying the body to rest within a few days, all the services and wrapping up his personal affairs. So what are the lessons for our listeners from your story? The benefits that we got that you can get if you pre-plan is that we saved a lifetime of burden, which is priceless. You know, I don't have to walk around shouldering, did I make the right decision in this particular scenario? Should I have gotten another opinion? Because my dad we had talked through it, he had written it down, I knew what his wishes were, and, and you can't put a financial price on that. That is priceless. The second thing from a financial standpoint is we saved more than 10 thousand tangible dollars, Bobby. I'm not even joking. End of life costs, which people don't realize are so incredibly expensive. Average just funeral and burial is like $8,500. Cremation with a funeral service is close to $7,000. And so just by going through this, we saved more than $10,000 And then the five figures that we did end up spending on all of these sort of end of life things, he had put end of life insurance in place. Oh, wow. So it's something that we didn't have to come up with that money or, you know, go into his estate and try and figure that out. So there's a tangible dollar savings. 
And what then there's... the money that you did not spend, did you not have a funeral that he didn't want? What what money did you save because of so, knowing his wishes? So we saved money on the casket. If you go with like a Cadillac of caskets, it could be like sixty five hundred. It could be ninety five hundred dollars. You can get one at Costco for six hundred dollars. So he was very clear: do not buy me the Cadillac of caskets. Which I can tell you, if he had not told me that, there is no way I would have jipped out on Dad in that moment, knowing that he likes black and gold and things like that. Like I would have spent the money. So he told us not to do that. He told us to only have a grade size service. So instead of going into the funeral home and having the whole spiel there and then moving everybody to graveside and having a second spiel there, he didn't want that. He said, just do the graveside. He didn't want flowers. He didn't want accoutrements. He didn't want programs. And then I'm Jewish. So we do something called sitting Shiva, which is similar to sort of visitation and the Christian religion. And for that, he said, go to our clubhouse, do it just the day of, you know, just have this and that and the other thing. And, and, and by the instructions that he put out, we saved money there. So when we added it all up, it was well into the five figures. And then that was, as I said, we, we ended up spending five figures on stuff on top of that. But just the five figures of, of savings was incredible. And then the other cost that is a indirect cost, but was so incredibly valuable is he saved me hundreds of hours of time. If you look at how much I make uh, in an hour, you know, that's tangibly multiple six figures. So 200, at least maybe 300 hours in trying to track down all of his accounts, all of his policies, making sure that we had everything trying to find things like that safety deposit box key, making sure that he didn't like have a treasure hunt for us somewhere where there was money hidden that we didn't know about. That's real money. And I know people don't think of it that way. Sometimes people don't think of their time as money, but there is a true tangible money cost associated with it. All right. You also brought with you a money tip, awkwardly switching topics, but this has to do (laughs) With, you know, depreciating assets that, you know, not investing in things that are going to go down in value. Right. So basically, if it if it drives, floats or flies, you don't want to own it. Wait, so I shouldn't aspire to get my private jet? (laughs) (laughs) No, buy buy a net jet card, because when you have um, an asset, something that you quote unquote invest in that decreases in value every time you use it, That's not the kind of investments that you want to be making. But if you have a car and you're living in the city or you're living somewhere else and you don't drive that often, or maybe you're a multiple car household and you have an extra car that you really can do without, sell it because the amount of money that you have tied up in that car plus ongoing maintenance, plus the cost of gas, plus the cost of insurance you have to license it every year. In some places, you have to pay for parking. It's a huge amount of wasted money. And we have so many options for transportation now. You have these on-demand services like Uber and Lyft. Obviously, taxis are becoming more competitive because of that. If you do need to go somewhere for a couple of days, you have rental car agencies that will actually deliver the car to you. So if you go through and you write down how much it's going to cost you to take those couple of Ubers and maybe to rent the car a couple times a year, and you add all that up versus how much money that you're spending 
invested in that car and all of these other maintenance items and you compare the two, I guarantee you there will be no comparison. All right. I do want to talk about your latest project because it came from these experiences with loved ones and it's called Future File and it's genius. So please tell us a little bit about it. When we told people our story, the feedback was so often, you know, I need to do that for my parents or grandparents, or I need to do that for my spouse, or I need to do that for myself. I don't know what's going on in the household, or we've got kids. And so we took this prototype that our dad created for us, and we created a full kit called Future File at futurefile.com. And it's basically a roadmap that walks you through everything you need to organize all of your wishes and information for either aging, passing, or other family emergencies. So if somebody has a stroke or your house is burning down or whatever it is, it's one location that literally has access to everything you could possibly need. It helps you organize your wills and your powers of attorney, also your social media wishes, the budgeting that we talked about for a long-term care, aging care, end of life, um, even a place to put your cryptocurrency keys if you oh, have wow. Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I know because you could have that and then no one can get to it. Well, that's the thing. Is they that have to know. Li- literally, it's not like a bank account that like eventually after hours and hours and showing death certificates and going through probate that you can access. If, if somebody doesn't have those keys, it's lost forever. So we didn't want to create any barriers to people doing this. So there's no subscription model. It's one time. It's just under a hundred bucks. And oh, wow, uh, that's it. That's believe, amazing. Yeah. If you, be, if you listen to the story and you understand those burdens, it makes sense. So, so do it, prepare yourself, prepare your family and, um, you know, help us give that gift that our father gave to us, to you and your family. And where can people find out more about you and future file? Yes. So future file, go to futurefile.com and tons of information there. And the best place to find me, especially if you have a little bit of a um, uh, odd and off color sense of humor is on Twitter at Carol J.S. Roth. Love it. Thank you, Carol. Thanks so much, Bobby. So that was pretty heavy stuff, but important to hear. I personally would prefer to just live in denial, but if we're going to be grown-ups, it's going to catch up to us sooner or later. Financial grown-up tip number one. I think Carol did a great job getting her point across. No plan is actually a burden on your survivors, so make a plan. Include traditional assets, but also, if you can, leave instructions for the less tangible things. Try to envision the kinds of decisions that will be made if you would pass or if you are very ill. And if you don't want to decide for them, empower them to make the decision that they think is best without worrying about what you would think. When my mom passed, she was very specific about a few things for my dad and for me and for my siblings. And that gave us all comfort and the freedom to know she was okay with our choices. Financial run-up tip number two. Carol talked a lot about getting rid of cars. So here's the thing. She may be right financially, but let's face it, for some people, it's just part of their lifestyle. It's like asking someone whose only joy is that latte to give up their latte. They need to cut something different. You can find a workaround. So in this case, maybe cut expenses that are related to the car or the asset that is depreciating. One option, renegotiate your insurance, shop around. Consolidating your insurance can also be a way to lower the costs. Also, if you park in a garage, maybe you can park on the street. Can you renegotiate the garage fee? 
Is there a tax break associated with the garage if you are a resident? We get that here in New York City. If you park at work, can your company reimburse or subsidize the parking? And for those of us who have private jets, for example, we know fuel is getting more expensive. One way to pare back costs... Okay, I was just kidding about the whole private jet thing. Anyway, moving on. Thanks to all of you for supporting the show. Hit subscribe if you can, and we love reviews and feedback. So thank you in advance if you can squeeze that into your day. Let's all try to find time soon to make a future file. And thank you, Carol Roth, for helping us all get one step closer to being financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.